You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about beach boys surfs up in the room i have ann hey crystal hi ben sup and john talking about feet (laughs) (laughs) surfs up is the 17th studio album by the american rock band the beach boys released on august 30th 1971 the producer was the beach boys and the genre is progressive pop and psychedelic pop and from all music review John Bush, the Beach Boys post-1966 catalog is littered with the LPs that barely scraped the charts upon release, but matured into solid fan favorites despite their many varied eccentricities. Surf's Up could well be the defining example, beginning with the glowing Don't Go Near the Water and ending a bare half hour later with the Baroque majesty of the title track originally written in 1966. The album is a virtual laundry list of each uncommon intricacy that made the Beach Boys' forgotten decades such a bittersweet thrill. The album closer surfs up is a masterpiece, probably the most compelling track from the smile period. Carl gives a soulful performance despite the surreal wordplay, and Brian's coda is one of the most stirring moments in his catalog. Wrapped up in a mess of contradictions, surfs up define the Beach Boys' tumultuous career better than any other album. All right, what do we think of Surf's Up by the Surf is up. (laughs) (laughs) It's up. I don't know, guys. (laughs) What don't you know? Uh, It's great. It's real weird. It's real weird. It It is real weird. And it makes you feel cool. (laughs) It's not happening here. You're not feeling cool listening to this. I, okay. Have the Beach Boys ever been cool? I mean, kind of. I feel cool. Well, you know, like, uh, like retrospectively, but like, never in the time. Yeah, nostalgia. Yeah. Like when you are eight watching Full House, like you feel pretty cool. Well, I will say the whole time I was listening to this and like be reading about like, oh, they're getting more political and stuff. And then I was thinking like, what was Kokomo? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but no, like I, out of, uh, out of all of my assignments... I truly enjoyed listening to Surf's Up. Like, I I feel like at the beginning, I was like, what am I listening to? And by the end, I knew. And then we went, I like went back, uh, me and John listened together. And we like went back and actually listened to other, like more tracks from it. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy, I enjoy this, like, um, the 
the surf rock mixed with a message that isn't just let's party on the beach. But do you, that political song doesn't feel, it's like a parody of itself. You mean and the it's about, student demonstration yeah. time one? Oh, that's yeah. the worst track on the record. I mean, it's like, it's actually about how you should hide inside and not riot because it's Mike Like, Love. why would you take political action? So how is that a political I thing? I don't know. I, it's I actually the opposite. I mean, we, we, let's talk about student demonstration time I, because I think it's, it, it, it's just the sore thumb it's definitely one of, record. yeah, one of. I was willing to give the record a chance until I got to that song and I was just like, nope. Well, <laughs> like, I, you, you, you've got, you've got Mike Love and you got to deal with him. And unfortunately I? he's a blood relation to the rest of the band <laughs> and, he's, he, and he's just going to be there. He's just always going to be there. And on an album where everyone except for Dennis, uh, who was working on a solo album at the time, gets to do some writing. Mike Love gets, wants to try his hand at writing. And by writing, I guess, I mean putting some different lyrics to a Lieber and Stoller song. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, Riot and Cell Block, number nine. Oh, no, no. It also, is, and I feel like that's what I liked about it. Oh. I enjoyed <laughs> them taking this, like, uh, this, like, jailhouse rock shit and, like, twisting it. To, like, white boy don't demonstrate music. <laughs> I don't see, I don't see it like that. I saw it as... And also, this is me as a person, like, I didn't listen to it back then, and it's the first time I'm hearing it. I My perspective on it was them saying, it is just fucking dangerous to be alive right now. It's it dangerous right to be Kent a State. student. Mm-hmm. It's dangerous. And this is what's going on, and you should all be looking at it. I don't think it was telling people, don't riot. I think it was saying, there are... Kids fucking dying out there, but in their Beach Boys tone. I got both meanings of it being like, stay inside, uh, but also that people are dying. But at the same time, I, I completely agree. Like, it's not really the the political song I think he was maybe aiming for no. with the gleeful sort of like... He's aiming for yeah. it. He we, fucking no, I mean, <laughs> he, he totally fails at, at this sort of like political action right. song. Fe- he's free- not Neil Young. He is not Sly, uh, Sly Stone. No, he's not even Al Jardine. Yeah. No. And Al Jardine wrote an entire song about his feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fre- freedom is paid in blood and Mike Love isn't ready to like put that out there. Fucking but can we talk off. about the feet song? Yeah. Let's John really the turned the corner on the feet song, I know. So, like, I grew up with Dr. Demento and like, you know, I just like a real good weird ass song and the logic behind, like, supposedly the logic behind the feet song is like, Oh, you know what's a big song right now? Hair. <laughs> so let's do a what song. What else we got? Feet? <laughs> and I, think, I think there were some elements in there where maybe somebody who was on the songwriting team, like his wife was pregnant, and maybe he was like being nice and rubbing her feet and stuff. But that still isn't like the be- that isn't like the Beach Boys version of hair. I know, <laughs> like, and like, that's such a weird like concept. So weird. Hair is popular because it's part of a musical which has weird, dumb, campy songs like that. Well, it's well, also about being counterculture, it's a, like yeah, growing yeah. your hair. Yeah, yeah. And Everybody's like, got oh, feet. Taking care of your feet. Like, I think you missed the message. On I mean, it's an, it is an important message. And that it is true it, that you, you do need to take care of your feet. You think he was talking feet? about Vietnam, where they were that like, keep your feet dry. That makes more is sense it? to me if he's talking about <laughs> no, Nam, but I don't know. <laughs> well, he, he, but he goes very, he goes very quickly from take good care of your feet to take care of your life because nobody else will. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, if you 
stay in the bath too long, they get pruny. Yeah. <laughs> they do do that, song. though. That's like, that tracks. I don't want to do it. So, so, you know, Al Jardine, bless his heart, he, 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 he wrote a song. And, <laughs> and it's about feet. And when, when played on the same album as some Brian Wilson and even Carl Wilson compositions, the song melodically sounds very, very basic. And then I read that he had help with the melody by Brian from Brian Aww. Wilson. Like, so I'm wondering, like, how basic was it before Brian was like, let me tell you how to add a chorus? <laughs> Is Brian the older brother? Yeah. Okay, there you go. I mean, it sounds like a song you would sing to a child. Yeah. And there's a lot on this album that sounds like that. And so it was sort of making me think about, like... Well, there's value in like art for children, I guess. Mm -hmm. But like, do I want to listen to a song? <laughs> it's like a raffy song. Yeah, like, am I gonna sit it down is. with that over and over again? Probably not gonna listen to the feet yeah. song. I'm gonna again. take Birch's. This is a song about Vietnam. Any of my listening to the album, I'm not gonna skip the song unless I have like my like phone handy. Yeah. And I, can just I, I it. will say though that the entire album is like masterfully crap. Crafted. I mean, I feel like with Brian back in sort of the saddle of doing these, the recording, doing the like mastering and and how everything mm -hmm. is supposed to sound. It sounds very smooth. It yeah. sounds very really 70s. good. The harmonies are great. Harmonies. The synth 70s. that they add yeah, on this is really, is really cool. cool. Yeah. Like even with as goofy as "Don't Go Near the Water" is like the like kind of aquatic yeah. elements. I don't know what yeah. that processing is on the vocals, but it's great. Well, yeah. when I first heard Don't Go Near the Water, because that's the title, or not title track, it's the first track, I was just like, this is so goofy. Like, I get it, what, you know, whatever. And then when we, after hearing everything, hearing Surf's Up, and then going back to Don't Go Near the Water, it felt so much darker mm -hmm. and like, I appreciated it more. Yeah. Um, I, that didn't happen for the feet song, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and like with Disney, yeah, listen to it three times, and then the feet song yeah, kicks it's a it. Three, three time rule. We're yeah. listening, so like we're listening to Disney Girls right now, which I think like um, it's so like sweet, but so sad to me. It's like this like nostalgia that is like slipping through your fingers and I don't know I think I think it's one of the most beautiful songs on the album I think I'd heard it before but I don't really remember even though I think it's one of their like the more popular songs from this album it's so but pretty it, it caught me by surprise because so it's uh like I said like everyone in the band was except for Dennis who was working on a solo album was was writing songs and Disney Girls was written by uh Bruce Johnson who I didn't even know could write a song. He was the guy that they hired to be their bass player on tour while Brian Wilson hung out in bed. So I thought that he was, I thought he was just like a hired, a hired gun. gun. Yeah. You know, he looks the part, he plays the part, he sounds the part, but he's a full fledged member of the band. Cause you know, Brian Wilson is only at home and he wrote a song and it was surprisingly sweet and pretty. Like I thought that was a nice song. Changing style 
feel like Brian is the only person that has those sort of like deep, uh, sort of introspective songs was, like we got with like God Only Knows. Demons and, to, that he's fighting with. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, some it, of that's an aging thing too. Yeah. Probably. Mm-hmm. And at this point, they weren't like hot anymore. They were yeah. sort of around on the scene, and they had enough money and wherewithal to want to. Oh, you write. meant musically hot? Yeah, like, sorry, yeah. Like, <laughs> like these these guys are dads. Like yeah. they're not, you yeah. know. Yeah. Literally had to be, Brian had to be brought back from, I think he's working at a health food store. <laughs> yeah, he, he, yeah, the, he, the, he the Radiant Radish or something. The Radiant Radish. Uh, <laughs> that's a good name and, for uh, the, store. And the actual, uh, is it the producer yeah, found him uh, and and said, hey, what are you doing? Was like, it, are you uh, still uh, doing Riley. Riley. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he was a radio DJ personality and he met Brian Wilson, I think, at the Radiant Radish, mm-hmm. and they had a conversation. And yeah, they, they had the conversation, and that conversation led to something else, led to something else. Eventually, uh, like they're hiring Jack Riley to be their new manager to kind of change their whole image around. Because they, uh, everyone but Brian had just gotten back from a European tour where they had been laughed at because they were still wearing their, their striped shirts oh, yeah. in 1971. <laughs> And, you know, they were getting laughed off the stage. They needed... It's like, you need to get more political. They need an image revamp. Don't go near the water. <laughs> so, it's uh, gross. They, they hired Jack Riley, and, and, and he he uh, he encouraged them to, to write about social stuff, write about political stuff, environmental, yeah. stuff that was actually on their minds. I didn't realize until I was reading all the, all the notes... Brian Wilson wrote A Day in the Life of a Tree, but Jack Riley sings it. Yeah. <laughs> He's Which like, is so you know, interesting. You know who I want to sing this song? Our manager. <laughs> well, apparently <laughs> they, 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 like, they like tricked him into yeah. it. What? They had to trick him? Yeah. I guess uh, Brian was like, you know, I just can't get this right. You know, uh, what's his name? Jack Riley? Jack Riley. Yeah, Jack. They're like, Jack, sing, sing this just a couple times through. And they, they made him sing it like Classic. four times through. And they're like, Cool, we got it. But then you know he's their manager. He, he was he's out at shows with them. He he they'd pull him out on stage during shows and he'd sing a uh, day in the life of a tree. Yeah. So well, sweet. I mean, I think he wrote, he wrote some of these songs. Like he wrote "Long Promised Road," uh, which is kind of like I don't know what you call it, like R and B. It's the second track. Him and Carl wrote it. Yeah. I'm assuming that Carl probably wrote a lot of the music, and Jack Jack Riley probably wrote, uh, the lyrics. wrote, wrote like helped with lyrics. Yeah. I mean, so he was he was involved probably. Oh yeah, it, more than you would think a manager would be. But that's kind of like how he started well, yeah. out on this whole thing. Right? Yeah, his official title was manager, but it seems like he's more of like a consultant. Mm-hmm. You know, this record, I was enjoying listening to it from the beginning, just because it was it was it was offbeat. It was not what I was expecting. I was already enjoying it, and you don't even get to a Brian Wilson composition until track eight. The last three tracks on the album are Brian Wilson, A Day in the Life of the Tree, Till I Die, Surf's Up. And man, they, uh, the other members of the Beach Boys are really growing as songwriters, but this album finishes so strong. Yeah, those tracks. They, they, like, they save it up for the end. It, Till I Die. Oh my. Holy can, can we talk shit. about Till I Die? It's so, so good. good. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. And I, it's, it's those, it's like, man, I don't know. I just. Like, I read the story behind it, which was, like, he was watching, uh, he was watching a jellyfish float by on a piece of wood or something like that, and he just felt so small. Insignificant. And I've done, like, I have felt that, and and then, and this was his, him trying to 
him trying to put that to music. Mm-hmm. And it took him a long time to get this down, which just shows like how much he was struggling with just his own artistry. Like even with Surf's Up, like they had to push him into the studio to finish it. He was struggling with Mike Love's opinions as well. <laughs> no, he, he, he yeah, worked yeah. this song up and he played it for Mike Love. Mike Love called it, quote, what a fucking downer. And then Brian, Brian Wilson put it on a shelf and didn't touch it for like a year. But it's oh so my good. You know? <laughs> but like, How even without the lyrical content, the musicality is so amazing. Yeah. Like, to, to know the story of sort of how he was watching yeah. the waves and then to like feel that wash over you in the song. Well, mm-hmm. it's, and Mike Love's not wrong. It, it is, is a fucking downer. Yeah. Yeah. It's existentially it's, bleak. It's beautiful because like when I, like when you think of surf rock, you think of a specific thing, like a specific slice, like Gidget, you know? But I love the translation of surf rock to things that are not partying, not this, like, it's that beautiful, like, guitar work, those beautiful harmonies, we're all gonna die if we mean nothing. Like, that is so beautiful. You want it to be, let's not ride the waves, we will be taken away by the waves. For how long? (laughs) Until we die. Because, like, when you go to the beach, there's many things that happen. It's not all partying, and I enjoy enjoy that other aspect of, like, let's push this medium. I just don't think it works. With student demonstration well, time. It is. <laughs> it is. It is. You just, just file that under Mike Love. Yeah. Really. But I guess what I'm saying is they're both in this album. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I mean, that is what it is. I, 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 enjoyed, I enjoyed student dem- demonstration, but I... I Respect your opinion yeah. of how you uh, likewise. I'm I glad that you're enjoying things. The imagery <laughs> of the lyrics and until I die, because Brian Jones, uh, uh, Brian Wilson. Uh, he wrote lyrics, but he's not really known for his lyrics. Like, even on this album for like Surf's Up, he's got Van Dyke Parks uh, in there. I mean, he's known for uh, Pet Sounds. But the lyrics, I mean, he wrote yeah. the lyrics, but yeah. when you're thinking of Pet Sounds, you're usually thinking of the arrangements. I, I think, think a lot so. of I think, I think a lot of lyrics. Really okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, the more I think about it, yeah. yeah. But it sounds easy and safe on the surface, but the lyrics and. Pet songs yeah. throughout are very well crafted. Uh, yeah, I think it's really nice. I mean, there's something beautiful in being like whatever yeah. you call it, like the numinous. Like I'm a drop, and there's a whole fucking ocean For out there. Sure. Like, mm-hmm. That's. I mean, you're a beach boy, but what does that even really mean? Exactly. There's some well, other. You work at the Radiant Radish, is what I mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and everyone it's... laughs at your shirt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> your stupid shirt. Nothing lasts. <laughs> <laughs> he was still wearing his his striped shirt while he was working at the Radiant Radish, <laughs> having not toured for years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, striped shirts ha- are cool. <laughs> how many of you have heard Holland? The Beach Boys. I, album I've heard Grady Hall. talk about it. I've never, I've never heard it. <laughs> I've never actually oh, listened to it. Oh my god! You guys are in for such a treat. Then is it coming up? Uh, no, it will not be in this oh. book. <laughs> but uh, <no. laughs> it's uh, two years after this. Is Kokomo on it? No, absolutely yeah. not. In the nineties, they were like, "We got to put have a, something on here." It does have a Mike Love song that I do really enjoy. Called, oh, really? Called Big Sur. Yeah. Okay, okay. It's part of a trilogy about, uh, I think it's uh, eagles in California. And then after that, on side two, there is a Pied Piper's tale at the end with the magical radio. 
but it's it, it, okay. but it has Sounds really like it's right up your guys' alley. <laughs> it has really really yeah. strong uh, melodic song writing. If so, if you like like Brian Wilson, track is Brian Wilson this, involved in yeah. Holland? Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Because so, I know they 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 moved the whole band moved to Amsterdam for like eight months to record it. Right. That's when they yeah. That's when yeah. they recorded Holland. Yep. Very expensive album to record. They moved their families as well. <laughs> Sounds cool. I'm down. Hey, yeah. it's good healthcare over there, right? <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Good for Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Free speech and later on at People's Park. The winds of change fanned into flame, student demonstration spark. Down to Isla Vista, where police felt so harassed. They called the special riot squad the LA County Sheriff when there's a riot. a retrospective review by John Whedon. And my question before I read the review, are the Beach Boys prog? Yes. They're progressive pop. Okay. Yep. Uh, Because according to... I'm just going to to say this. Uh, In 2014, John Wetton named Surf's Up his favorite prog album of all time, (laughs) elaborating... The summer of 71 had so much musical milestones, the Surf's Up was a revelation. I was in Family, a major player in the first wave of British progressive bands, but this collection of the iconic California surf pop band shifted my parameters, blurring all of the boundaries of my musical vocabulary. Mm. I marveled at Van Dyke Park's mind-expanding poetry of the title track. I wallowed in the glorious harmonies. Both composition and production absolutely floored me. The whole experience was my nirvana, and the, and the cover... Mega prog, <laughs> which arguably oh, yeah, the cover so, is definitely yeah. prog. So, very yeah. I will not argue with the that. The cover <laughs> is uh, a pictorial representation of the sculpture "End of the Trail" by is it Fra- J- James Earl Fraser? Is it, oh, so it's pronounced Fraser? Mm-hmm. Okay, the depiction of the concept of that white, you know, expansion uh, manifest destiny will eventually push Native Americans all the way until they're in the ocean, basically in the Pacific Coast. And that more or less happened, and that's what that sculpture is about. So super surprise! I feel like this is an example of like, um, I mean, I have very conservative parents, and they revel in the whole like artists and uh, and singers should stay out of politics. <laughs> and I love the idea of like, yeah, like the fucking Beach Boys pushing into politics. Like, I'm sure when this album came out, it was just like, they're saying, what now? Like, you know, and I, I think that's what I enjoy about this is that that twist of, and I, I just see all, like, the angry white people that it's that they're talking about these things. Is that, that what the reaction be. was like at the time? I mean, my mother has a lot of things to say about anti-Vietnam and anti... So is she mad at Surf's Up, specifically? No, no. She's not I mean, mad at Surf's Up. That's what I'm but saying. But I'm saying, like, like, I guess, this like is that... was the conversation I mean, noticing I... this? No, but as... I feel like this is that example of How it's those, those people that are super popular in this one group 
and they push into a different realm, which is political, and, like, that enrages the right. I feel like that that really happened, too, with the Beatles, where it was like, why are you guys trying to step outside your yourselves and yes. step outside the box? Why are you trying to say... And they weren't, you know, they weren't actually probably as political. I don't know. Well, McCartney if they were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but even with, with Revolution, <laughs> they were preaching, you know, f- freedom and, mm-hmm. and think for yourself and don't follow norms and don't cut your hair, you know, all those things that the Beach Boys were essentially, I think all the some of those bands that had grown up being on the, the pop charts uh, kind of grew out of that and said, you know, this is, it's, it's kind of a sign of the times. It's kind of the sea, sea change, if you will. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, it's, it's great. I love, I love this, some of this later beach boys. Oh yeah. Where, where it does. It's nice that it gets weird. Yeah. I just don't know if I'm always on board when it's getting weird. <laughs> yeah. And cause I don't know that I feel like, I don't know. Yeah. Some it's of it o- I did it's not okay like. to not like my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like absolutely didn't acceptable. like it. Yeah, yeah. and I think for me, it's like it's an album. I have to take the whole thing. I can't just yeah. be like, I love these mm-hmm. songs. It's like, hey, this is on here. Y'all chose to put it with the rest, right? Yeah, I don't know. All right, got anything else before we? Well, we probably shouldn't stop talking about it without talking about the title track. Surf's yeah. up. Yeah. yeah, sure. Go ahead. What would you say? Isn't there uh, sort of like a mythos behind well, this yeah, song? Yeah, there's a built-in exactly. mystique. Exactly. The, the song, was, it was written in uh, 1966, and like right after Pet Sounds, like, Brian was when Brian Wilson was, was working on it because it was supposed to be part of Smile, which was supposed to be like the big thing, like, y'all liked Pet Sounds? Wait till you hear Smile. And there was like a, a lot of promo behind it. We all know that... Smile in all effects it never happened. They released it. It came out in '99. <laughs> I know. I, I got it. I got it know? too. Yeah. But like for all in, for all intents and purposes, yeah. it, it it didn't happen. Yeah. But there was a documentary. I forget what it was called. Not. It was like a special. Uh, it was aired on like British TV uh, about like you know like the music of the '60s and like Frank Zappa was part of it. Brian Wilson was part of it. They, they covered like a lot of different musicians that were making the music that was like like the sound of late 60s and in brian wilson's interview segment he's sitting behind the piano and during his interview he he goes into he's like here's something i'm working on and he goes into just like a piano version of surfs up and he's like yeah like it's called surfs up it'll be on our next album people liked it people that were watching that tv special were like oh cool and then that album never came out. like, And so there was this mystique behind Smile. And then the Beach Boys release uh, like 2020. They release uh, like Wild Honey. They release Sunflower. No Surf's Up. No Surf's Up. And so the song kind of has this legend behind it. Like we all, as, 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 a, as, as a media watching public, we, we know that he was working on the song. And where is it? And that one of the things uh, Jack Riley did when they hired him to be their manager was he convinced Brian to like he's like get that song out of the vault, finish it, put it on the put it on the album. So yeah, they made it the title track, and so it was it was a song that people had been waiting to hear the finished product of for like five or six years, and that yeah it had that that mythos behind it like John was saying yeah, 
and it's really pretty. Yeah, it's especially that that, yeah. that last. Uh, there's three parts. That that last part, that coda, yeah. mm-hmm. is really nice. Yep, and I, I like Park's uh, lyrics too. Sort of, I mean, they're they're not exactly stream of consciousness. I mean, like when you look at them, they really are an interesting sort of flow of concepts from one to the other, and mm-hmm. the the internal rhyme scheme on it is good. And I don't know if he also did he write feel flows, but like feel That's flows. Carl has this, Wilson. Oh, okay. I don't know uh, if he did the lyrics. I know he's credited as the... There's some interesting yeah. rhyme scheme on that, too. Like, I don't know if you call it internal rhyme or what, but there's there's interesting stuff going on all over this thing. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, it was very smart of Jack Riley to, one, get that song, two, end up convincing the Beach Boys to name this album Surf's Up. <laughs> and three, to sing the lead on A Day in the Life of a Tree. A Day in the Life of a Tree. <laughs> yeah. That's what you gotta do. Yeah. All right, how do we feel about it? Dude, positive, man. <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to give it a positive. I'd never heard this album before. Uh, I like the Feet song. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to put it out there. It, it has elements of like R.E.M. stand in that Feet song to me. Like, I don't know. It. It's got, it's got, it's got. about the Feet song. Hey, I'm going to talk about the Feet it's song. on the album. He you, can you talk know, about you know it. You know what you stand on. Your feet. Exactly. You've got to take good care of them or, you know, you won't be able to stand in the place where you live. <laughs> now face north. Uh, I'm going to give it a positive. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna give it a positive, even though I was uh, debating the student demonstration. Definitely put a put. It's just it's like a terrible. It's like malort in in, <laughs> in your night of oh, drinking. Oh yeah! If you want me to sober up, you should play that. Song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I didn't really point. like the feet song, but the rest of it is is like really solid, and I just. I have there's something about the the Beach Boys and the way they present uh, melodies and chord music and present music that is that is just really intriguing for me to study. Yeah. I can't be negative because there are really beautiful tracks on this album, but I can't be positive either. So I'm gonna give Sounds it like a neutral. Neutral. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna be positive for sure. Like. There were just some songs on here that I was like, I didn't even realize that the, that that was the Beach Boys. Like that that could be, like, because I've I've had friends that had surf bands and things like that. I'm like, so what does that even mean? And then you listen and really like, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> but like, and I feel like this is that you know, like I Disney Girls is gorgeous till I die. Surfs up like it's. I mean, don't go in the water. I'm I'm pretty into it. Like, and there's like, yeah, I. I think it's, I think there's, you can see them, like, you can hear them, like, pushing themselves, and I really enjoy that. I really like it, and I think, you know, it's like when talented people do stuff that isn't expected, it makes something really special. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Did you go? I like yeah, started. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, sometimes you just sure. gotta put your piano in a sandbox and see what yeah. happens. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes you gotta let Captain of Captain and Tennille play <laughs> keyboards. <laughs> uh, next time we'll be talking about Yes, Fragile. All right, thanks, y'all. Yes. Yes. Yeah.